Welcome to Girl Talk, where we engage in real talk and share real stories of women who have overcome by encountering the one true God. Now, here's your host, Lynn Blakeney. My guest today is Lisa Davis. My husband, Glenn, and I have known Lisa and her husband, Chad, for over 10 years. Lisa and Chad are the worship leaders and youth pastors of City Hills Church in Dade City, Florida. Their passion is ministering to youth and families. They've been married for 11 years and have a blended family of four children. Lisa's testimony will encourage you as she shares how God took her from humble beginnings to great restoration. Welcome to Girl Talk. I'm so glad to have you here, Lisa. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. (laughs) Awesome. I know it's going to be great. We're looking forward to you sharing your story and what God has done in your life. So let's just hop right into this. Um, As I mentioned in the introduction, God has brought you a long way and has accomplished a great work of restoration in your life. Tell us what it was like for you growing up. Well, um, I was raised in a single parent home for most of my um, years growing up. Uh, My parents divorced when I was two years old. um, And so my mom raised me and she was a godly mother. She, um, she raised me in church. Every time the church doors were open, we were there, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, she would take me to prayer um, services, um, house meetings, all kinds of things. So I was really raised in the ways of the Lord. My mom did a really good job about that. Um, And as far as my father's concerned a a lot of the years you know we had distant relationship and um and so that would mean maybe we talked through letters or the mail and things like that um and a few drop bys here and there over the years but I didn't really have a whole lot of relationship with him as a child so right yeah that happens unfortunately especially a lot more today you know like Absolutely. Distant relationships with parents because of things that happen. But I know that God has done a great deal in your life. So I know you received Christ as a young girl. Tell us what that experience was like and what God did in you. Yes. Um, Like I said, I was very fortunate to have a mom that raised me in the ways of the Lord and in the church. And so, you know, I would attend kids church and everything like that. I remember when I was five years old was the first time I accepted Christ as my savior. And, um, and I had many experiences with the Lord um, through my childhood and many encounters with Jesus. Um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a girl's retreat when I was 12. Um, So I had a lot of um, awesome experiences with Jesus as a child. That's right. And I know you mentioned to me that you were even filled with the Holy Spirit at a young age. Yeah. At 12 years old, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, It was just an awesome encounter. Um, I went to like, it was called a missionettes retreat. Um, So it was a bunch of girls together for a retreat and we just had a great time um, in the Lord. And I got filled at that, um, at that retreat. That's so good. I mean, that's a good start for you being raised in the church and yes. uh, really, really having an encounter with Christ. I mean, a lot of people have been raised in the church, but never had that encounter like right. you had with Jesus Christ. You know, yes. I know for myself, I wasn't raised in the church at all. So I wish I could have had that base to, you know, to really help me with my journey with the Lord. But and nonetheless, so you have mentioned that you were raised in a broken home. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, Lisa. 
Um, well, of course, it was difficult being raised um, in a broken home. Um, you know, I, um, my mom, even though my mom tried to strive to raise me in the ways of the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. for some reason, she did not have good discernment with men <laughs> in okay. particular. And I don't know if you know people like that where, you know, you know, they're Christians, they love Jesus, but they just don't have discernment in certain areas that are good discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom's, of course, her desire was to have a godly husband and a godly father figure in my life life. Yeah. Um, so she really tried to seek that out, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so she would meet people at singles groups at church, you know, okay. <laughs> men, you know, <laughs> you think that's the right place to meet them. Right. And, uh, right. but she just, uh, her discernment just was not there. Um, and so, um, she actually married two more times from the time I was, um, you know, when, after her divorce, when I was two, she married two more times up until like I was nine, eight or nine years old. Um, and, you know, at first they seemed like great guys, um, but then you get home with them and they turn into a different person. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was really hard. You know, I, I, I seen um, her deal with like verbal abuse and things like that. Um, and um, mm. there was infidelity in some of those relationships. And so it was really hard. Unfortunately, I knew about it as a child, you know, even the um, infidelity part um, and things wow. like that. So that was that was really hard for me because um, I didn't have a good view of what a godly father was like. But, um, you know, after that second marriage, she never remarried again. So then it was just me and her again. (laughs) Okay, okay. So was there three divorces? There was a total of three, my dad and then two other stepdads. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make, yes. And you know, it's true. Like I came from a broken home as well. So my parents divorced when I was 10, my mother was pregnant. So it's tough. My mom was a single mom raising four of us on our own, on her own. It's not easy, you know, but at least your mother had that base and uh, of knowing the Lord, you know, engaged and Thank God for that. So there have been three divorces in your home, but your biological father was not a part of your life at that time, as you just mentioned. So how did that affect you as a, as a young girl? Um, like I said, I really struggled with the idea of what a godly father um, was like or a godly husband. Um, so, you know, I remember being um, little and I would just cry, you know, wanting my daddy home, you know, my biological dad. Um, because, of course, as a young child, you're like, I just want my dad, you know. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so I remember my mom just let me lay on her lap and I would cry wow. and- cry myself to pieces, you know, and, you know, had such a tender heart wanting my mom to, to be with my, my real dad, you know, and uh, and my mom was so understanding and so loving. She would let me do that. She would, she would, you know, talk to me and try to comfort and console me. Um, So I'm thankful for that, but it still was hard because as I got older, of course, I started having negative feelings and I had feelings Mm. of rejection and anger and confusion and, and even, um, embarrassment because a lot of the kids that I went to school with still had two fam- two um, two parent home, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, I was one of the only ones in my class that didn't mm-hmm. have two parents in the home, and so it was really hard for me because I'd go to my friend's house, they had two parents, I mm-hmm. didn't, and so it just it was embarrassing at times, you know. Yeah, it's very challenging on your emotions as a young girl going right. through that and. Um, experiencing that living, living that life without your dad or without a father figure that's strong in your life. And unfortunately, it's the way of the world. 
So many people are struggling with that today and single, single moms and, and kids out there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Even more so today, I feel like, you know, it's just more people, you know, having to raise children by themselves and things like that. It's hard. Yeah. Very tough. So how did all of this, Lisa, with your mom divorcing and all that, how did that impact your relationship with your mother? Um, well, as I grew into my teenage years, uh, especially, um, you know, of course, my mind started blaming my mom, you know, because I'm like, well, now she's had three failed marriages and something must be wrong with my mom, you know, right. yes. <laughs> so I would blame, you know, in my mind, I would blame her. I wouldn't tell her that. But, you know, I was I just didn't understand what is wrong, you know, here mm-hmm. that she can't get it together, you know, and so mm-hmm. um you know, I projected a lot of my anger towards my mom. I didn't have any siblings mm-hmm. to fight with. So, you know, when I wanted to fight, I fought with my mom, you know, I was, okay. you know, I was ugly to her, you know, the way I would speak to her sometimes is very disrespectful mm-hmm. um, and uh, just, um, just not nice to her at times. You know, I mean, of course there were times where we had an okay time, but you know, those times right. I just wanted my way or I just, you know, yeah. couldn't understand certain things. I was, I was ugly to her, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that happens so often, you know, we always, it's, you know, the saying, you know, we always hurt the person that's closest to us, yes, you know, the one that's there for us, the one that loves us. And yeah, because we're hurt, we don't know how to respond. We don't know how to react. And especially as a young girl with so many emotions growing up, life yes. changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I know your mother did have some challenges with mental health. How did that impact you? Well, as you can imagine, all the stuff that she had gone through, you know, with failed marriages and and just different things like that, um, she did struggle um, with depression at times. And I watched her go through that. Um, There was times because my mom did love the Lord so much and she wanted to please him that I think sometimes she may have taken that overboard in her condemnation when she felt like she had disobeyed the Lord, you know? And so, um, so she dealt with some torment at times of thinking, Oh, I disobeyed God, you know? And, And I remember one time in specific, she was really going through a hard time, um, emotionally and spiritually. Um, she had felt like she had done the unforgivable sin. I will never forget that. She's, she's like, I, I believe that I blasphemed the Lord. I'm so, and, um, and I was like, no, you didn't, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think she understood really what that was, you know, and she just thought because she had disobeyed what God had told her to do, that right. she had done the unfor- unforgivable sin. And, um, and so she was tormented by the devil because of that. Um, and I remember walking to her room down the hall one time, I went and knocked on her door and she's like, don't come in because I don't want the spirit that's on me to get on you. And that scared me to death, you know, as a, (laughs) as a high schooler, you know, I was, I think I was in ninth grade when that happened. And I was like, Mm. what is wrong with my mother that she thinks she has a spirit and it's going to get on me? Like, what are you talking about? You know? And so I just didn't understand. And I, and that really made me angry. I really, um, just at that point, I was so upset. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, it just was really hard, um, because Mm -hmm. of of the things that she was going through. But 
you know, she did end up getting help. She um, at one point had checked herself into a psychiatric ward at the hospital and, mm-hmm. you know, she got the help she needed. She sought spiritual counsel and things like that. And, you know, it, it, it ended up being a good situation later on down the road. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, she did struggle with that. So those kind of things really like, you know, those really impacted yeah. me, you know, as a kid. You know? For sure. Yeah, I can understand that. And it's true that condemnation, you know, when yes. we can be so filled with condemnation and guilt from our past and coming to that place, you know, where we know that God holds nothing against us. You know, if we come to him and he'll clean us up and, and forgive us no matter what we've done. I mean, if he can heal the thief on the cross, he can heal, you know, David who committed adultery and murder, um, you know, God is there for us. And and that's what really we want our our listeners to hear. It doesn't matter uh, what we've done. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. And yeah, so that must've been a tough time for you going through that. And you said you were in grade nine. I mean, that's really vital years, you know, those are impressionable years as a, as a young girl. So, um, But, you know, although this was all going on in your life, you still were attending church. You you mentioned to me, you know, several times a week at times. Yes, absolutely. I mean, my mom, like I said, she she loves the Lord, you know, and she kept me in church. And that's all she knew to do. You know, her dad was a Baptist minister, so she was raised in church. So she knew um, she knew God and she wanted me to know God. And so she did her best at keeping me in that kind of an environment regardless of whatever circumstances and trials she went through, she still wanted to make sure we had that foundation. So that was something that was really good. You know, I, I attended youth group. I sang on the worship team. Um, you know, I was a good student for the most part. Um, but, you know, soon, you know, when my mom started allowing me to date because of all my crazy emotions, you know, I started being promiscuous yeah. and, um, yeah. and, once I'd started that, of course, it goes downhill from there. Once you, once you give yourself away the first time, it's easy to give yourself away the second time and the third time and all that. And so um, I just, it was for me, it was like, I just wanted to be loved and Mm -hmm. um, I wanted people to know that I was committed to them. So, you know, of course that was like the next step in the relationship. Right. And so, um, and then it just went downhill from there. I started hanging out with um, friends, I had a a best friend that I went to school with at the Christian school that I was at um, and she left and went to public school. um, And so her circle of friends changed. And so therefore my circle of friends changed because she was my best friend, you know? And so, um, uh, and it wasn't a good crowd. And so, you know, we ended up um, getting involved in um, alcohol and drugs and all kinds of things. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it was, it was hard, but (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, those rebellious years, I remember them for myself. I mean, it's crazy when you look back and think what the things that we did as a young, you know, as a young girl, as a young woman, what we did. And yeah, so that is very difficult. So did you what did you stop going to church? Or did you keep on like, how did that? No, because I was still, I was still um, in my mom's house and her role was we go to church. And so, of course, I continued to go to church. You know, I was living one way at church and then mm-hmm. on the weekend I was a different person than, right. than I was during the you know weekend. So, um, so I would go to church on the weekend and then I would, you know, go to my parties and whatever else on the other days, you know. And I still, right. what is so bad is I was still 
singing on the worship team. I was still being a part of the things going on. Um, and in a way I'm, I'm guessing that's God's, you know, his grace and his love towards right. me. But, um, but in the same way I was two faced, you know, yeah. I was living a different life. I was mm-hmm. living a lukewarm lifestyle. Right. Um, and so I loved God, but yeah. I didn't really have true relationship with him at that point. Cause I had kind of walked away at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, you know, I've known people, um, different churches that we've attended over the years and particularly uh, this one ethnic church that we used to attend when we were in Canada and they would let their kids go on the worship team. They play drums, they'd sing and they were living a double lifestyle, but they still brought them to church and they involved them on the worship team. I mean, they weren't speaking or preaching, but they were playing an instrument maybe. And, you know, I've saw those kids, even though they they were in the world at that time, they've all come back to the Lord. So, yeah, the religious thing would say, you know, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. But I'm sure there was times when you were sitting in that service, you know, at church and God was really trying to convict you and, and get you back on track and show you his love, even though you were doing what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I see it as um, now, you know, now I see it as, you know, God, because I was able to do that, I knew where to go when, when it came down to me finding the Lord again, you know, it's like, I, I knew at that point what to do, you know? So, um, so to me, it was kind of a, a blessing, even though it, it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do, you know? <laughs> right. And like your mother, you know, she, you know, like Proverbs says, train up a child in the way they yeah. should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And yes. I really cried out to the Lord for you. But Lisa, yeah. what happened to you when you turned 17? And how did your life forever change? Ooh, my life changed so much when I turned 17. Right. Um, it was right before my 18th birthday, probably like a month before I found out I was pregnant with my first mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so of course that was a shocker, you know, like, I don't know why I didn't think that that would happen to me, <laughs> the <laughs> lifestyle that I was living, mm-hmm. but of course you never think things are going to happen to you. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but I had my, I became pregnant. Um, I tried to hide my pregnancy at first, which is not very easy to do, you know, very long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but the funny thing is, is God spoke to my mom through her dreams quite often. Mm-hmm. And she had a dream that I was, that I was pregnant and she confronted me about it. And she said, oh, I had a dream you were pregnant. Are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. And of course I was <laughs> pregnant. And, um, and God had told her that I was pregnant, but she wanted me to confess it, you know, okay. and, um, and so I tried to hide it as long as I could mm-hmm. uh, until, of course, I started getting morning sickness. <laughs> and, um, and so I remember one morning I was on the way to school. It was my finals week in my senior year. Mm. And, um, and I got sick in the car. And the, the thing that comes out of my mom's mouth is, you're pregnant, aren't you? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. You know, and I was mad and I was like, whatever, you know. And she's like, Lisa, I taught you better than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, she felt like a failure as a parent. Right. Um, 
which she wasn't a failure as a parent, but mm -hmm. um, my, my decisions got me where I was, you know, and mm -hmm. um, God, she had to drop me off at school because <laughs> it gave me time to, to process, gave her time to process her feelings. Mm -hmm. But when she came to pick me up, of course, one of the first things out of her mouth was, well, are you getting married? You know, and mm -hmm. so. From there, I was like, well, I, you know, eventually, but then yeah. through talks with his parents and my mom and mm -hmm. us and all that, um, everybody felt like they were on the same page that it was the best thing and the right thing for us to do to get married, you know, okay. so years old I got married right after I graduated high school <laughs> my goodness yeah that is crazy like today I think that would be one of the last things parents would say to their kids yeah. uh, back then yeah it was known as shameful or whatever you know you better get married that's the right thing to do so okay so here you are you're married at a young age and you become a young mom you know how was that what did that look like for you I mean well, of course, when I got pregnant, I was like, well, I want a healthy baby. So I stopped doing everything. I stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs. I wanted to be a good mom. I did mm -hmm. want to be a good mom. But, um, but that only lasted for a short time after I had my baby and I stopped breastfeeding. And I knew that my, it wasn't going to physically affect my child anymore. Of course, I went back to the party scene because um, as much as I tried to like, I would try to go back to church and things like that. Um, try to get my life together because mm -hmm. I was going to be a mom and all this stuff. Right. Um, but, um, my husband at the time was not ready to change. And so mm -hmm. of course I would get jealous because he would go out and do things with his friends. Right. Um, and I was home with the baby. And so, um, so once I hit a place where I felt like it wasn't going to physically harm her, right. uh, I, I started the party lifestyle again because I didn't want to be left out, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and I wanted to be there with him and things like that. And so I did that off and on, would go to church off and on still with my mom at times. Wow. And then, um, but then, um, you know, I, I got pregnant with my second daughter when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I stopped everything I was doing to have a healthy baby. But then as mm -hmm. soon as I had her and stopped breastfeeding, I was back on the party scene. It was like a never ending mm -hmm. cycle for me. Um, and, and so then um, back then, when you uh, when you had your children's birthday parties, um, in my circle of friends, we would have an after party okay. for the adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we had an adult after party after all the kids went home, right? Okay. Um, and so I remember on my younger daughter's uh, first birthday, we did the same thing. We had an after party after her birthday party. Mm. And, uh, and then everybody else went home after the party. And I was still being crazy. And I had a friend living with us at the time. And um, she was also living the same lifestyle as me. And, um, and I was like, well, let's try something different, you know, mm -hmm. as far as drugs. And mm -hmm. so um, I decided I wanted to try ecstasy. So mm -hmm. we got one ecstasy pill. Um, and I had always been told the first time you do ecstasy, you won't get high. It's just mm -hmm. something that you have to do it the first time so that the next time you'll feel good. Right. Wow. Which is weird. I don't understand that concept now. <laughs> but, um, hmm. Anyway. So, you know, we split one pill because I was like, well, let's just split it. Hmm. And then um, for me, it was terrible. Okay. I, you know, I did get high my first time and hmm. it, 
I felt like I was going to pass out. I kept having waves of like, I'm, I'm going to pass out. I'm, I'm, and if I pass out, I'm not coming back. I'm going to die and I'm going to go to hell. I know where I was going. I was like, this is freaking me out. I kept telling my friend. And of course she was on her own at this point um, in her own little world. Um, and it freaked her out what I was saying. So okay. um, I remember I went to the bathroom and I was sitting on, I put the toilet seat lid down and I was sitting rocking back and forth and I began to pray. Okay. And I, God, I knew where to run. Right. You know, and I was mm-hmm. like, God, I'm so sorry. I will never do this again. Let me live Jesus. Because mm-hmm. I knew I felt like I was going to die at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he let me live. Thank God. Yeah, Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I didn't completely quit my lifestyle. I never did that pill again, like I promised. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, but I still had, you know, uh, times of drinking and other pills and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I would go back to church. And one time I went to church and mm-hmm. the pastor's son gave this word of knowledge. And he said, I see who you are. I know who you are, but God has said that you are hiding your pill bottle. And I can see this pill bottle in your house where it's located. It's in a specific spot. That you and he said, um, God wants you to come down front and repent. Mm-hmm. And I know who you are. And if you don't come down for repentance, I'm going to address this with you after service. Okay. And I knew he was talking to me. We had a specific spot in our house that we would keep this pill bottle. Yeah. And I knew he was talking to me. And so, of course, my mom was with me. I didn't want her to know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I went down front for the altar for the, you know, to the altar for prayer, yeah. you know, and, um, and so I didn't want him to address me after church. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I went, never went back to that church again after that. Because I was to death because that was it. College, you know, mm. Um, but you know, in October of 2002 was really my turning point. Um, Mm -hmm. I had had some friends over and, um, they had brought Valiums with them to my house Mm -hmm. and I took a Valium and I swallowed it with a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I swallowed it, the fear of God gripped my heart so Mm -hmm. strong and I knew he was saying, Lisa, enough is enough. Right. And I ran straight to the bathroom. I made myself get rid of that pill. I threw it up before it even had time to digest. But that whole night I dealt with anxiety and fear of God. And I prayed all night long. I could not shake this feeling of anxiousness. Um, The next morning just so happened to be a Sunday morning. Okay. Called my mother-in-law, and was a godly woman, and mm-hmm. I told her everything. I said, "This is what happened to me. I'm coming back to church. I need to come back to church and get my life right." And she's like, "Well, come on, I'll, I have a seat for you." And so I went to church and I gave my life to the Lord and never looked back after that day. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome! You know, we sometimes come to those places in our lives, those turning points, as you called it, where yeah. God gets a hold and we know like you said enough is enough there's no more playing games you know i don't know if there's someone watching today but maybe you're struggling maybe you're going through something today and you find and god is saying to lay it down i feel like i should just stop and 
say this, to lay it down and put it down and, you know, just trust God. He can turn your life around. He can give you a brand new start. Come on. It's time to stop playing games. The things that we hide in secret, the things we do in secret that maybe nobody knows, but God, he sees you. He wants to set you free. He has your number. He knows how many hairs are on your head. My mom used to say that my mother, I wasn't raised in a religious home, Lisa, but my mom used to say to my brother who was deaf, he, he, through a sickness, he, he, he lost his hearing, but she would say to him, John, God knows how many hairs are on your head. And he would sit there and he'd be like, whoa, you know, like God knows that about me. Yes. You know, and God does. He knows everything you're going through and he wants to set you free. So Lisa, how uh, eventually, I know your story, you eventually divorced uh, your husband. And, and tell us about that experience. What happened? Right. Well, of course, you know, once I gave my life to the Lord, um, I was all in for Jesus and I became the spiritual head of my household. You know, my husband did not, he was not ready to change. Um, I, I became the praying wife. I believed for his salvation, believed for God to um, deliver him um, of his addictions and things like that. And um, I took my kids to church every week, you know, and I became that godly parent um, and, and did the best that I could mm-hmm. um, to raise my, my kids to know the Lord, you know, and, um, and I, we tried to work things out, you know, um, there was so, so many times where we went to counseling and, um, mm-hmm. and just different things. Um, there came, came a point where though that it was really the, the addiction that he was caught in was really affecting the whole family, the kids, myself. Um, and it just came to a point where I had to make an ultimatum. I, I was like, uh, we had gone, we were going to counseling and I said, um, you know, if, as long as you continue to seek for help, you know, I'm here, I, I want to make things work. I want to be here. And, um, I, and I want to have a marriage, you know, I was like, but if you're not willing to get the help, we have, we're going to have to remove ourselves because it's not healthy, you know, yeah. for us to be in the middle of this. Plus, you know, of course I had a fear of like, what if people find out, what if people report me, you know, as living with sure. someone that has an addiction and all this stuff, I don't want my kids taken from me, you know, mm. and all these things went through my mind. So um, for a little while he did seek treatment um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we, continued counseling and things like that. But then eventually I found out that he had stopped going to treatments. Hmm. Um, and at that point I called my pastor crying because I could tell that he was back on, on stuff. So mm-hmm. um, my pastor's like, well, what do you feel like God, you know, God wants you to do? I said, well, I had given him an ultimatum in counseling, you know, mm-hmm. and that was get help or I was going to have to go, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so at that point, you know, the pastor helped me find a place, um, to stay with another couple in our church, um, with my three children at this time, we have three kids and, mm-hmm. and they took us in until we could get approved for, um, a, a transitional housing shelter. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, then, you know, we lived in a shelter for a short time. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually, um, but it was it was like my own little cottage. It wasn't like I was rooming with a bunch of people, um, mm-hmm. but it was a safe place, you know, and um, and things like that. So 
Um, yeah, so God just, he met us every step of the way. It wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want divorce. Um, eventually he decided that that's what he wanted. Um, because okay. he, was, he yeah. wasn't, you know, we need, we needed him to be, to continue being married and things like that. So, um, you know, he decided to move on. So, you know, I, I didn't, I was very upset. Let's just put it that way. I had put my heart and my soul and my whole life was in this marriage. Um, yes. And he was the father of my children and things yeah. like that. And so I did not want divorce. I I, I was torn apart completely, just uh, so sad and, and upset. But, um, but God, you know, I began to open the Bible when I was seeking God for this. I was like, do I really go through with the divorce? This is what he wants, God. Like, right. do I really it or do I try to stick it out and just, you know, just be by myself with my kids until he does make a decision for Christ or what? Yeah. And I opened up to the book of Jonah okay. and God began to speak to me that I was like the sailors in the book of Jonah that was trying to row Jonah to shore. You know, the sailors, oh, wow. when Jonah was running from God and he had gotten on this boat, the sailors did not want to throw Jonah overboard. Jonah was like, the storm is here because of me. You need to throw me overboard. Mm-hmm. And the sailors didn't want to. They, they they had a fear of God. They didn't want to get rid of him. They didn't want him to die and all this. So they did their best to row him to shore, but it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so God was like, you're like the sailors, Lisa. You're trying so hard to save him. But I have to get to him in my way. Hmm. You know, we can't save him. I have to save him. Hmm. And he's like, it's time to let go. And so that was a hard thing for me to swallow, you know. And Hmm. but, you know, but at that point, I had peace that what I was doing was the right decision. So, you know, I agreed to divorce or whatever. Wow. Wow. What a story. I love the way the Lord speaks. I mean, how more clear can you be with that story? You know, and God meets us where we're at. He speaks to us through his word and God alone with God. And that's what we have to do sometimes. If we want that word, if we need that word, God, what do we do? We're in a crisis situation. God speaks in different ways. And and one of them, of course, is through the word of God. And he met you where you were at. And then you knew that you made, we were making the right choice. It's not easy giving up, you know, those years of your life, the father of your kids. I mean, and really, especially with what you, Lisa, went through as a young girl, seeing your mom go through that. I'm sure that was in your mind too. I don't want this to happen to me. I, I, you know, um, but, but God, so, um, so here you are, you, you, you know, you're divorced now, you're a single mom. Tell us about that. Like, what was that like when you eventually left? That must have been difficult for you, you know, going into a shelter and scary, you know, and then living and moving on your own single mom, new beginning. Yes, it was very hard because um, for many years, I was a stay at home mom, you know, I didn't, I didn't take care of myself, you know, as far as like financially and things like that. So it was a real step of faith to even try to get in this um, transitional housing shelter that I had gotten into. Um, You know, their rule there was within 30 days, you have to get a job um, and or else you'll have to leave. You have to get a job. Well, as I'm sitting in the room signing the papers to this agreement, I get a phone call that I got a job. 
you know, and God provided um, a, a, it wasn't just a job. I, I was going to now be making more money than I had ever made in my life uh, per hour, you know, it was an hourly wage job, but it was not just minimum wage, you know, it was a good job, good paying job to where I'd be able to support my children. Um, And God just, he gave me so much favor in that place. Um, you know, they, they make you put away your money, um, into the savings instead of paying rent so that you'll be able to, um, move out uh, on your own at some point and you'll have savings. Mm. Um, and, um, and you weren't supposed to be able to, to purchase things like extra when you're there, you know, you have to show all your receipts of everything that you paid for. They teach you how to budget and all that. And so I had gotten to a place where, um, I had so much favor, Um, And I was, you know, going to church. There was Wednesday nights. I'd get off work and go straight to church. So we weren't supposed to purchase McDonald's and stuff like that while you're living there, you know. And 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 so she had given me permission, my caseworker, Mm -hmm. uh, permission that I could purchase dollar menu (laughs) for my kids after work so that we could go to church. And that was cool because a lot of people couldn't do that. But I had um, favor with her. And then um, I remember you know, you weren't supposed to make big purchases. Well, my job was driving to homes, um, being a, su- a family support worker. It's so mm. funny the kind of job I ended up with, you know, as a family support worker and I was barely trying to support my own family at the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. But God was teaching me so much in that time. And because I needed a car, she let me use some of my savings to buy a car. So I had favor there. People were, you know, that I lived in the neighborhood with, they were so upset. Like, why does she get to buy a car? And the lady's like, because that's her job. She has to drive for her job, you know? But so I had so much favor. Um, and then I eventually got approved for like a housing voucher to where I could on my own out of the um, shelter and into my own apartment. And wow. it's like, he just set everything up as I was obedient to him. And I continued mm-hmm. to seek his face during this time. Like this was probably the closest time I've ever felt to the Lord during this time at that moment, you know, because then I had ever felt him because he was literally my husband at the time. He was walking me through everything. I had given him my all. I was determined to raise my kids to know the Lord. And he gave me favor. You know, so, you know, it's hard being a single parent and it's miserable because you want, don't want to be lonely and you just want, you know, you just want everything to be back to what it was, but not really what it was. You know what I mean? It's like, um, it's like, I just want to be married. I just want to be, you know, have my family and all this stuff. So being married and had my fa- having my family was really hard because of the situation, you know. Yeah. So, um, so you kind of get blinded, you know, mm-hmm. by the diff- the things that you're really going through. Wow. But that is so awesome to hear, Lisa, how God took you out of that situation, led you every step of the way. Sometimes we have to get out of the boat. I mean, if we stay in our situation and circumstances, things don't necessarily change. But as we obey the Lord by his leading, we step out of the boat. God is faithful. He will He will be with us every step of the way, just as he was for you. Such an awesome testimony. So eventually, um, God was healing and restoring your life. You're now on your own. Um, and you became the worship leader at your church. How did you meet your husband, Chad, whom you're happily married to today? Tell us about that story. Yes, actually, um, this church that I was attending, I had started attending um, prior to my divorce and everything um, 
we had started going there. Um, and the, that pastor was one of the pastors that really counseled me through, you know, my separation, my divorce and different things like that. Um, he was a really good support system for me. Um, that church was a good support system for me. And, um, and so they had worship leaders that were volunteers that were coming in and they were driving quite a distance. Um, but they ended up leaving because of the distance that they were driving. Um, they decided to go to a church that was closer to their home. And so that left them with no worship leader and, um, and no musicians and things like that. And so I volunteered, um, to become the worship leader. I started leading worship acapella (laughs) and they had this little, I couldn't play piano or guitar or anything like that. I was not that musically inclined. I could sing, but I couldn't play Mm -hmm. instruments, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, they had this little shaker egg in the back room that I found. It was like a maraca (laughs) and I would lead worship and shake my little shaker egg. And, you know, that's how, you know, I led worship. Well, um, the pastor finally was able to come into contact with some people, um, a couple, um, that was worship leaders and they started driving over two and a half hours from Lakeland to Holly Hill to lead worship, um, at this little church, um, to help out the pastor. Mm -hmm. And then they started bringing their little grandson who I met and his name was the same name. He was like five years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And his name was Israel, which was the same name as my son, which was hilarious to me because I hadn't met another Israel before. Um, I was like, Oh, you have the same name as my little boy, you know? And I started talking to little Israel and then his dad started coming over and playing drums for his for um, his parents and his name was Chad. (laughs) So that's how I met Chad. He was playing drums for his parents. I was singing on their worship team. Um, And, and so we met through that. We started talking. He was in ministry prior to meeting me and, um, and he had gone through his um, own circumstances um, that led him there. And so, um, and so, you know, the first time I saw him, he was sitting at a piano, playing piano, singing, worship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that man is anointed. And yes, and I was head over heels for him for him already. You know? <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Um, well, we know you both very well and yeah. you're awesome worship leaders. And Chad is, a, is very anointed as so are you. Yes. So that is amazing. But to actually marry someone who has a child named Israel and, yes. and so do you. Isn't God just like, he's got humor, doesn't he? Like, I mean, how that ironic. Was my, that was my like sign, you know, I was like, so I had, you know, asked God before, cause I had been interested in people like, well, maybe I should start dating again, you know? Yeah. And, um, but every time I would ask the Lord about somebody, he'd be like, no, no, no. And then Chad came along and I was like, well, what about him? And he didn't say anything. I was like, well, is that a yes? Right. <laughs> so I just took it as a yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then God worked it out. And here we are today. We're married 11 years in, almost 12. And things are great. Awesome. So share with our listeners um, your journey with your husband, Chad, to ministry and what you're doing today. Yes. So like I said, before we were married, he um, was in ministry previously. Mm-hmm. When we got married, he had been out of ministry for a while, but he ended up getting licensed with um, Apostles John and Nancy Burpee through their um, network. Um, And um, so he was licensed when we first got married. Uh, We went out to lead worship for a conference at their church where we uh, saw you guys there. And, um, and so at that time we were, uh, he was going to be getting ordained. He had been licensed with them for a year and they were going to do the ordination for him. 
when um, he came out to lead worship for the conference. And so during the conference, you know, they saw the call of God on my life as well. And they approached me about it and said, look, we, we see the call of God on your life too. It's not just Chad. And we love to ordain couples and we would love to ordain you guys together. And I was just blown away because I mean, I had served in ministry my whole life being a part of outreach and teaching Mm -hmm. young girls, um, through Missionettes, the little girls program that yeah. I uh, brought in and I was part of the worship team and choir and all that. And so I'd always been involved in ministry throughout the years. Um, and when I came back to the Lord, even more so, you know, I was right. really serving and I just loved the Lord so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that he would take me, um, somebody that had not been to Bible college, even though I was raised in the ways of the Lord, I had taken little prayer classes and things like that. So I knew I knew the Lord and I, um, and you know, the word and things like that, but mm-hmm. I had never been to an official college for ministry. Right. And so that just blew me away that, and touched my heart so much that, you know, he, I, I was like, God, like, is this even okay? You know, because, um, I hadn't gone to school for this and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thankful, but you know, the Lord was like, you know what? I call you because you're chosen, not because of your degree, not because of, Amen. you know, what done, you know, I call you because you're chosen and you're anointed to do the work I've called you to do. And so that really, you know, spoke so much to me about God's love and his mercy and grace and all that. that, um, And then from there, you know, we went into full-time ministry starting in 2013 together. Um, And youth pastors, family pastors, um, worship ministers. And right now we're currently um, serving at our church um, here in Dade City. We're worship and and youth pastors here. And we are loving God's doing some amazing things in our church and in our faith. And we're just having a great time right now. That's awesome. And I hear you're going to soon be grandparents. We are. My <laughs> oldest daughter, Kendra, um, yeah. is pregnant. And she her, she and her husband will be having their baby in August. So that's going to be a wonderful new journey for us, too. That well. is. That's so awesome. God is such a restorer of all the wasted years. Yes. I mean, he does. <laughs> He's so good. So, Lisa... I've enjoyed your story. It's been a powerful testimony. Maybe now you could just look into the camera and share with our viewers any final words that you may have. And then let's, why don't you pray for those who may be struggling to let go of the past and move forward into the future that God has for them? Yes, absolutely. If you're listening today and any of my story has touched you, you know, God is such a restorer. He is in the business of restoring. He's in the business of salvation. He's in in the business of healing and whatever circumstances you have walked through in life, God, I just really feel today that God wants to speak peace into your situation right now. And um, no matter what it is that you've walked through, whether it's addiction, whether it's divorce, whether you know, whatever it is, I really just feel like the word for you today is that God wants to give you peace in those circumstances mm-hmm. and that he can take that heavy burden. If you'll just give it to him today and just yes. offer that to him, to for him to take hold of it and him to guide you and take your hand and mm-hmm. lead you the way that you should go. Because maybe you're feeling lost and hopeless. Maybe you're feeling like, 
You just don't know where to turn. Maybe you've tried and tried and tried to hold on to something that God is saying, it's time to release it to me. Walk on, move on, moving forward with me, letting me guide you and lead you in the way that you should go. Because the thing is, is we can hold on to bitterness and we can hold on to anger from the things that we've experienced in life. We can choose to to um, hold unforgiveness in our hearts towards people that have hurt us, or uh, I could have easily done that. I could have, you know, there's been so many times where I've had to say, Lord, I choose to forgive. Lord, I choose to move forward in you. God, take these feelings that I have of anger and resentment away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's a daily process to walk out forgiveness, yeah. you know, and I, I just feel like maybe somebody needs to hear that today. It's a daily process. Maybe mm-hmm. you've said, God, I forgive give this person, but you're still having the feelings of anger or annoyance or whatever it is that keeps coming up. And you're like, but I've chosen to forgive. Why am I still feeling like this? Hmm. Forgiveness is a daily process. It's a hmm. daily surrendering of those things, of those feelings, of those emotions and hmm. saying, God, today, if you start feeling like, Hey, I'm still feeling upset or bitter or whatever. It, then that's just a check. That's just a time to check and say, Hey Lord, I forgive that person. I'm going to say it again, Lord, I forgive that person because if I forgive Lord, you'll forgive me. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness towards others, but sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness towards ourselves and the things mm-hmm. that we've done in our lives. And we've allowed to happen in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And God is saying today, let me, let me release you of that because mm-hmm. I forgive you too. You know, mm-hmm. and, I just want to speak that over you today that, you know, whatever it is, release it to the Lord. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Let him show you the way to go. If it's time to release or if it's or if it's time to hold on, whatever that is, Um, because he is in a restoring business. He can do whatever he wants to do. But sometimes, you know, he also gives man free will. Right. And that's what I learned through my divorce situation. You know, he his. His business is not, he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want divorce, but sometimes we also have free choice. And, you know, if, if it seems like, you know, people are letting go, it, it takes two to work on it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I just want to pray over you today. Lord, we just come to you, Father, and we just ask you, Lord, just to impart your peace upon these people today that are watching god what i just ask you lord lord for clarity for them lord jesus people that are seeking clarity in situations lord direction and instruction from you god i pray god lord that you begin to release that to them lord release lord just a sense of your peace over their hearts and over their minds we know that in you is perfect peace lord and your will is perfect peace god so we just ask you god lord to calm the storm lord if, if it's things that they need to let go of in order for you to calm the storm we ask lord that they feel the peace to let go right now and let you take control in the name of jesus lord so we just we just thank you god for blessing your people lord we just thank you that you have a good plan for them lord in the name of jesus he has a plan to for a a good future a good future and a hope for you it's not plans to harm you but to prosper you and so i declare today that everything that an enemy meant for bad in your life that god is going to turn it for good and that it's going to be used as a testimony in the name of jesus lord that he's turning your mess into a message today to a testimony today whatever it is that you're going through that he's going to use it for his glory and kick the devil's teeth out in the name of jesus so we just thank you 
Lord, right now. Yes. And we thank you for your peace that passes understanding in Jesus. Yes, amen. What a powerful testimony. I'm just so uh, amazed at how God turns our lives around. And those were powerful words and powerful prayer, ladies, for those of you who are watching. But And you don't have to be a woman. You don't have to be a lady to be <laughs> benefit from this program. But we, we do bless you guys. We love you guys. And I know that God wants to restore you. It's not over. It's just the beginning. We It's how we look at things. We get out of bed every day and say, this is a new day. This is a new beginning. And God wants to do something in you and through you. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning into Girl Talk. It was awesome to have our guest with us today. I bless you, Lisa. And I know that you're going to be blessed. Share the program. Don't forget to subscribe to our program. Until the next time, may the Lord bless and and keep you in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessings. Thanks for tuning in to Girl Talk with Lynn Blakeney. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media to receive notifications of new episodes and important updates. We'll catch you next time.